0: Okay, let's try this thing. What do you mean? Uh, go for it, man.
1: We've done this like 246 times. I think we're I think we're old pros now.
0: Let's try to get it right this time.
1: <laughs> we'll never get it right. Welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name is Adam. And my name is Jeremy. And we are here to continue the adventures of the Fantastic 4 versus the X-Men. Numbers three and four, cover dates April and June. This is bi monthly oh. of 1987. On sale December 30th and February 3rd of 1986 and 1987. Cover price of a dollar fifty, which if you're jumping from your x men seventy five sensors is this on like fancy paper or something?
0: as I recall, yes, it was on fancy paper, like I think the cover was maybe a little thicker, not like the like a cardboard or prestige stock, but um, I think maybe the colors were a little bit more vibrant, maybe that was due to better interior paper. <coughs> That's what I recall.
1: Okay, so it had that, like, whiter paper and not that kind of newsprinty sort of thing.
0: Yes, that's the way I remember it in my mind. But I haven't touched this, like, physically touched this issue in, good God, I don't know, probably since 1988. Wow. <laughs>
1: As I recall, that was the trend, is that the premium paper ones were far more expensive or, I guess, double the price. Yeah, this one's titled By the Soul's Darkest Light. Still
0: not a very good
1: title. Yeah, so far we're striking. Uh, what was the last one? Was that one any good?
0: No. Truth and
1: Consequences. Oh, That was kind of Meh. below average. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, and so this and the next issue are the issues that I owned as a kid. So um, growing up and reading this half of the story, I mean, they do a decent enough job of Telling you kind of more or less what happened in the first two issues, but not to the not to the detail that the actual issues have, so um I always liked these issues, but I never quite knew where we were coming from
1: you i don't i feel like you don't really need to know i mean does does this change things for you
0: no, i mean it's just it's it's more interesting no i I wouldn't even say it's more interesting uh no, it doesn't change anything for me, but I did like the okay. first two halves the first who halves the first half of this overall story and it's the first time i ever got a chance to read it so uh how about this it didn't take away from the experience all right that's good <laughs> uh and cover wise and actually i don't know why i don't really really recall the art from the last two issues um but, but hey i would say that this is a i like this cover a lot and i thought that the art in this issue and the next issue um are are good Uh, Better than the first two issues.
1: Interesting. It's the same creative team. It totally is.
0: Um, Now, now the cover is a bunch of Dr. Doom mask-wearing X-Men. Well, three of them, I guess. Havoc, Wolverine, and Rogue who have taken out... Uh, all of the Fantastic Four, Johnny Storm, Reed Richards, Sue uh, Richards, and Ben Grimm. Uh, No She-Hulk on here. And in the middle of all of it is Doctor Doom kind of lording over with a huge grin, and Havok is blasting at little Franklin Richards. It's a cool cover, totally misleading for what happens in this issue.
1: This is sort of a mishmash of uh, covers one and two combined. You, You have your... Your theme of Sue Storm being dead. She's dead in the first two covers. Mm. You have your uh, scared or crying Franklin. Mm-hmm. Um, we've added the X-Men. Uh, Wolverine had been in the other two. Uh, Dr. Doom was in both covers, although in the first issue, he was a Dr. Doom-Reed Richards hybrid. Um, Reed Richards being dead on the second cover. like so it's sort of a continuation.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a continuation of cover themes. But uh, anyhow, yeah, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good cover.
1: If issue one had a purple background, issue two had a blue background, and this has a red background.
0: Hmm. I wonder what issue four will be. <laughs> I don't remember. I'm going to go for green. Is it green? <laughs> no. Damn. All right. Anyhow, uh, we open this thing up, and yes, our creative team is Chris Claremont, John Bogdanova is the penciler, Terry Austin inking, Tom Morzikowski's lettering, Glynis Oliver is the colorist, Anna Senti is the editor, Dan or Don Daly is the consulting editor, and Jim Shooter is the editor-in-chief. And we get a full-on splash page here of Dr. Doom uh, cradling Storm's burnt arm, and it's uh, it's pretty grotesque-looking.
1: It's actually. I just happened to flip back to the first page of issue two,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where Wolverine is attacking um, Reed Richards. Same layout. Like, it's kind of interesting how these two covers or uh, first pages uh, map map to each other. It's not perfect by any means, but I don't, I don't. I doubt it was done on purpose. You never know.
0: Yes, and Doctor Doom here, of course, is doing his Doctor Doomy stuff, where he's like blah 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 stuff and junk but you turned to dr doom (laughs) so he's he's definitely got a little ego trip going on here
1: it's revealed that he has some sort of uh medical facilities that can cure uh burns uh third degree burns or yeah third degree burns which betsy points out have you uh Oh, have you considered, my friends, what this device could mean to burn
2: victims? How many have lived? Who might have lived had Von Doom shared his secrets?
0: Good questions. Very good questions. Meanwhile, outside, the rest of the X-Men, Longshot, Havok, and Dazzler are hanging out in the castle. They've um, uh, There's a bunch of, like, Doom bots that are protecting. They're talking about how beautiful the land is. When the flying doom bots, who kind of remind me of the Wicked Witches monkeys, spring into action. Because... They're also
1: talking about uh, this whole Dr. Doom villain thing. And Longshot points out
0: that Magneto used to be a villain too.
1: <laughs>
0: right. Definitely drawing that parallel.
1: Yes, they do remind me of flying monkeys.
0: <laughs> and so the uh, super-powered intruder that is flying towards them is Rogue, who's flying kind of like she's doing the backstroke in the pool. She's just been in the town of, I don't know, Doomtown, I guess. And she bought some wicked new threads. And they're
1: absolutely aces threads, uh, Jeremy.
0: Yeah, aces. And, uh, you know, she slipped away. She was told not to, but she was getting all bored and stuff. And, And as she's flying back, not really paying attention to what's going on behind her, the flying Doombot monkeys attack her. This is
1: kind of dangerous. She's pretty low to the ground. Totally. And there's, she's low enough to cause the snow to kick up underneath her, but she, there's like wires and stuff. She could easily fly into trees and whatnot. Totally.
0: Yeah. This is a terrible idea. What is she doing? She's supposed to be a kind of a senior member of the X-Men and she's, uh, she's not really, you know, impressing me with her, you know, (laughs) (laughs) with her, with, with what she's doing here. But, um,
1: Apparently she had a night on the town, and uh, she, she broke house rules by slipping away, but she was tired of hanging around that castle.
0: Havoc's like, that's Rogue, and the tin-headed dumbos must be thinking she's an attacker, and so he springs into action. Longshot's like, shall I inform Wolverine and Doctor Doom?
1: Doom probably ordered the ambush. Or wait, what? Uh, let's see. We determined, or at least I decided that all the summers are the same. So, <laughs> Doom probably ordered the ambush. Oh, I can't even do well, a Cyclops anymore.
0: See, Havok is a, certainly a lot less sure of himself than Cyclops is. He never wanted this hero business. He's only here because he has to be. So he's he's kind of a kind of an unsure, simpering wimp version of scott i don't don't know how to do that i don't know how to really do that either but anyways that's what he does we'll have to we'll have to figure out what the right voice is for that
1: it's been a while since i've done a scott to begin with so (laughs) i'm i'm out of practice
0: and uh he's like doom probably ordered the ambush besides i think we can handle this fracas which i gotta be honest like they're they're dr doom's guests like the right thing to do here is to go tell dr doom like hey you guys are attacking Rogue, who, by the way, is invulnerable for the most part, right? And all the X-Men know this. And even Rogue is like, oh, look, focus plasma blast. That must be Havoc. I'm doing just fine. And she's like scrapping all these robots, destroying them.
1: Ruining her brand new clothes. But this this ties in with the conversation that they had uh, prior to this, where they were talking about how Havoc just can't trust Doctor Doom. Because he's one of the worst villains of all time.
0: Granted, that means a good point. This also begins a rivalry between Dazzler and Havok.
1: Now, does this continue past this miniseries? I
0: I don't think so. And if (laughs) it does, it was so subtle that I never noticed it. But, uh... Basically, anytime Havoc does anything with his kind of like wide uh, beam, Dazzler has to do it, but more pinpoint accuracy. So where Havok is blowing these robots out of the sky, um, Dazzler is able to just shoot them right through the heads.
1: Yep, And Rogue uh, comments on that to herself. Uh, any shot that boy makes, Allie has to make better. Good for you, sugar.
0: So, uh, it's a weird dynamic to try to establish here, but whatever.
1: Havoc does say, very nice shooting.
0: Earlier, um, I guess we we skipped over it. Doom did his thing. Betsy said, like, oh, all the lives that we could have saved. Uh, Doom pointed out that it was going to take um, the rest of the day for Storm's arm to heal. But I guess what he really meant was like an hour. (laughs) Because after they get done with the little fracas, a whole bunch of robots jump out and they're like, surrender or die.
1: Well, it's like a tattoo now. It's still in the healing process. It's just, just better.
0: And this is when Dr. Doom and, and Storm kind of uh, exit the castle arm in arm. And Doom's like, no, young man, you will not destroy my robots. What is the
1: meaning of this, X-Men? Explain yourselves immediately, says Storm, who looks perfectly healed.
0: Exactly. That's my my totally my point, right? Uh, but But she has an excellent point, right? And she even goes on to say, like, um, you know, uh, Havoc says, storm. Your arms healed, and she says, "Completely, Havoc. Thanks to our host. Is this how we repay him by brawling with his servitors?"
1: And Rogue shows up
2: and says,
0: "They started it.
2: I was minding my own business, not making any trouble or nothing when those bozos
1: slammed me. Which, to be fair, is true."
0: So I really like this drawing of Rogue kind of flying in. I like yeah. the, I like the pose. Her clothes are like all ripped up, uh, but there's a lot of nice inking and just ripped up detail going on here it's it's a good image her face is a a little weird but but still it's it's still good um but you know if we if we just reverse everything rogue was told not to leave she did she snuck in robots attacked x-men are attacking i mean those robots can't have been cheap dr doom might have (laughs) a lot of money but i don't think he's made out of money
1: i don't know he owns a country so i'm assuming he's his finances are limitless.
0: True, true. Well,
1: what, I guess nothing's nothing is limitless.
0: What, what do you think Latveria's primary exports are? Actually, I'll bet you that's in the official Marvel handbook of the universe.
1: I don't know. Uh, There's some
0: explanation it, for why he has money, I guess.
1: Is it near Wakanda? Maybe it's <laughs> whatever, whatever that Wakanda stuff is.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: vibranium.
0: Vibranium, yeah. Um, you would think that the U.S. would have an embargo on Latveria. I think they
1: do, actually.
0: I think you might be right. So he's trading and getting income from other countries then? Oh, he's probably selling, like, weapons and stuff to, like, terrorists. Yeah, probably. Okay. Um. So, yeah, Rogue's all mad and, and Doctor Doom uh says hey uh he's actually you know pretty level-headed here perhaps an error was made on both sides excuse That's me your Dr. Excuse what happened me? to excuse me what happened to robot doctor Doom? <laughs> perhaps an error was made on both sides this is after all my country no one who ever comes to the uh, no harm will ever come to those who obey its laws it's very nice of him and this whole next sequence I I also always really liked, um, I don't even know if I can describe it and do it justice, but it's Kitty. She's up in a kind of a castle turret, which is kind of lonely. Like, why is she all the way up there? I guess that's where yeah, Dr. Doom's yeah. labs are. But anyways, she's up there. She's thinking to herself that she's young and she, her, her particles are separating and it's all she can do to keep them together. And she's not going to make it and here they've made a deal with dr doom and it's just not worth it um she would like to live but she can't let the x-men uh owe whatever price they're going to owe for dr doom to fix her so she's like you know what that's it i can't even talk i'm just going to go outside i'm going to take a look at the sunset sunrise one of the two and when it's over i'm just going to let my molecule i'm just going to let go and let it blow away but Franklin's here with his, his psycho-projection. And I guess in the last couple of isch- issues, he he wasn't psycho-projecting?
1: Uh, they didn't call it that. I, I don't think it's ever been called that in the Fantastic Four. I think Chris Claremont is taking his X-Men lingo and just calling something, something else.
0: Well, I thought in the last two issues, he was dreaming. And in his dream, he was... <laughs> in Latviria or on the plane or wherever he needed to be, but nobody could see him. But what we find out in these next two issues is that when he's psychoprojecting, when he's in his dream state, people can see him.
1: Well, he is dreaming um, right now, and he is projecting himself. And initially, Kitty doesn't see him. So, right. I don't know.
0: <laughs> and, and, and one could maybe argue, you're right, she, she can't. But the way that this next, on page seven, which is a panel i've always liked. oh the other thing i guess i i should point out or don't i shouldn't have to but uh the first two issues she had phased clothes and the next two issues she's naked so i don't know if the clothes just finally phased off of her and now she's naked she got a lot of wispy stuff but it lends to a really good i don't know if like photorealistic drawing on page seven um with her kind of looking up and onward, walking through Franklin. So I, I always just interpret it as she's just so um, taken by the sun sunrise that she's just oblivious to everything that's going on around her. Yeah.
1: Well including that's, that's, Franklin. Uh, that seems to be seems to be what the caption points at it is she doesn't see him, doesn't hear him. She has eyes only for the morning
0: star. And this whole time as she's thinking about this, Franklin is is he's pleading with her and begging and crying and, the book is wrong, he goes back to that. My dad's wrong. He's going to come. He's going to fix you. you got to listen to me. you got to come back. Lockheed chimes in. He roars super loud, alerting the X-Men that something's wrong. They all head upstairs. And Kitty continues to just, I don't know. She, well, she shuts Psylocke out. Psylocke's like, what you doing? She shuts her out uh, because apparently she can do that in this phased state. And the,
1: Franklin says, that beautiful butterly, butterfly lady sounds really upset. <laughs> Kitty isn't listening to her. She won't let her help.
0: The X Men run upstairs. Betsy's like, "Oh, her consciousness, like quicksilver, too elusive for me to hold." And Magneto puts her arm around, uh, his arm around her, and says, "What about my son?" I don't. <laughs> I always, when I was a kid, that's the way I read it. Is like she says, "Her consciousness, like quicksilver, too elusive for me to hold." And I'm like, "Oh, she must have fought quicksilver." Yeah, but, but right, not it's not literally quicksilver. No. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, uh, so so the, since she, and Franklin here just continues to plead with her as she's just thinking about, you know, the problems with Reed Richards and how he refused and how he's like brilliant. But, you know, why does Dr. Doom have to be the only hope?
1: You're so fuzzy. I can hardly see you. And uh, the his he keeps talking and talking and. Uh, his dialogue balloon uh, gets a, a border around it, making it thicker. And that's so I guess for the first time, Kitty can hear her.
0: I think that's maybe well, so it's either one of two things. It's either um, he screams, which finally breaks her concentration on the sunrise or he screams and his psycho projection has made him actually projecting. I don't know. But now Kitty turns around and is like, oh, and sees Franklin. And in the next panel, which is a really kind of tender panel, you see Franklin kind of hugging the glass. Kitty's inside kind of kind of leaning against the glass, leaning towards Rich, uh, Franklin Richards. And the X-Men come walking in and they're like, what? What just happened
1: it's it 's interesting because we we have a we have a wide panel of kitty Kitty noticing Franklin for the first time, and then we get an extreme close up of of Kitty just her kind of reaction and then like you said in the next panel they're they're inside it 's an interesting uh, way of a lot happens in between the panels
0: so that 's like four pages of this this back and forth between Franklin and like i said i can 't do it justice because franklin's just begging and pleading and crying and and he, he I don't know why, but he's he really wants Kitty to not do the thing that she's about to do. And she doesn't, which is nice. And this is when um, Storm is like, uh, why is Franklin here? So they can see him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then every time, it's kind of cool. Anytime Dr. Doom enters the room, Franklin hides behind the glass. So do you think Dr. Doom knows that Franklin is projecting here? I no. he, I feel like if he did, he'd be like, oh, Reed's kid's here. And he'd figure out some mechanical way to trap him. Get that brat out of here. Yeah, but he doesn't. Um, yeah. And then he goes on to brag. Do- Doom will succeed where Reed Richards has failed this time tomorrow. Ms. Bride will be restored to perfect health. So back at uh, the Baxter in building.
1: Ladveria, the witching hour in New York. So, yes, back in the Baxter building. Reed Richards is con- still brooding, walking around, confused, doesn't know whether or not he wrote that stuff in the book, goes to see if his wife is awake, but she pretends to sleep and he just kind of backs away. Adam, she sleeps in the nude. All women in the Marvel universe sleep in the nude, Jeremy.
0: Oh yeah. I forgot.
1: (laughs) Um, He drops the book, notices that his, his son is sleeping in a marginally large bed, uh, is rolled into the middle of it. He's whimpering and Mr. Fantastic sits next to him and kind of consoles him and, uh, Franklin kind of curls up into a ball and hugs him and says, "I love you." And Reed Richards starts to cry, and he, this this whole tender moment is making him realize that you know maybe none of this crap is important. Maybe the really important thing is the people that you care about.
0: I really like the last panel on page twelve. Um, so Reed does you know visit his son, they embrace in the hug, and. I don't know if if it was the intention. I'm sure it was. But as uh, Reed pushes out some tears, like his whole face looks uh, 15 years older than the previous panel. Like the whole weight of the world is on his shoulders as he hugs his son. It's nice. It's tender. Sweet. So and uh, yeah, then they have a little conversation about you got to get your sleep because you're a growing boy. And he's like, you had a bad dream, didn't you? How about I tell you a story? So he uses his Mister Fantastic elasticity, elasticity powers, to make little elephant was it, a saggy, baggy elephant uh, characters with his hands, and Franklin's loving it and he's laughing. And Sue walks in. She's like, "I better go invisible," and she watches her husband, her son sharing a moment. And
1: uh, I haven't heard Franklin laugh like that in ages, or read either. Bless his heart, and she starts crying. Everybody's
0: crying. Uh, and then we we go to this kind of meh page where Storm is conducting a combat training with Longshot. Uh, she has to
1: exercise her arm and assess her his fighting abilities. Sort of a characterization of Longshot where we get, she says, stop playing about, and he says, I'm not, you want to hit me, but I don't want to, be, or you want to hit me. But I don't want to be hit. Is that wrong? <laughs> you think that's what long shot sounds like? And that's what I'm
0: going with. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. You can you can come up with another one. I think fig- I feel like he should be like um, California Surfer, but I feel like <laughs> that would also be too close to Cyclops if I tried to do it. Um, but I don't want to be hit. Okay, so more like um um uh, what's his face? Like Michelangelo from the turtles. <laughs> well, either Michelangelo from the turtles or um Bill and Ted.
1: Hmm. <laughs> so he does a. Massive jump way up into the air, and uh, for some reason Wolverine knows all about long shots, hollow bones combined with extraordinary musculature. I I guess, I guess he's read the files on long shot.
0: Well, absolutely. He's Wolverine. Uh, is this the first time we're hearing about his hollow bones, or did we know he had hollow bones already? I
1: don't know. Um, this is the first time we've ever seen him kind of do this crazy sort of jump in the air. Um, I don't know if we've... It's the first time it's his, his agility has been connected with Hollow Bones. I don't know if it's the first time they've talked about Hollow Bones or not.
0: I don't recall it in the miniseries, but then again, that miniseries was very long, and I <laughs> forgot most of it. Uh, and I don't think they've mentioned anything about Hollow Bones and Annual 10 or the other X-Men issues. So I guess for me, this is the first time. And it kind of makes sense that Wolverine's giving all this exposition.
1: That, How does he know?
0: Because Chris Claremont just made it up right now. <laughs> somebody had to tell us
1: the point is it makes the boy lighter and lot stronger than most folks
0: longshot lands on rogues back and Rogue is like uh careful sugar if our flesh touches i'll absorb your psyche and powers and the rest of the x-men are like we know <laughs> you don't need to tell us every single time
1: especially in this issue where she doesn't even use that power it's unnecessary chris
0: yeah Shall we start
1: again, Storm? We have done enough for one night, my friend. It's time to see how Kitty is faring. And we cut back to Manhattan again, where the thing is also brooding. um, Because he believes that Mr. Fantastic, as we learned last episode, uh, purposefully created the Fantastic Four without their permission. He goes to Yancey Street Bar, which I guess is... A place that he must have been to many times before, because the the owner, Charlie, <laughs> recognizes him, as do uh as does the other bartender, Axel. oh geez, can, he's in a mood. They can tell that he's in a really bad mood and they start pouring him drinks and he's there for a really long time eating food and he won't even really talk about his feelings. He's just kinda Thinking about being miserable about himself. Beautiful people having a beautiful time. Why them and not me?
0: Everybody try not to look my way. Don't want to either freak. Don't blame him. Charlie and me, we go back to school. Never done him no wrong, but even he's scared I'll bust up his plates. And he goes on and on and on. According to Reed's diary, my best friend Reed Richards did this to me on purpose. He's got a line of like ten shots in front of him.
1: <laughs> he talks about how he... He loved Susie once, but mm-hmm. she fell for Reed. He loved the Masters, but she dumped me for the torch. Why not? His skin's smooth and soft to the touch. Mine's like concrete. He can kiss her. He can dot, dot, dot be a man.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think he gets his opportunity to be a man in this issue. I like this oh, weird. first panel on page 17, where the the bartender comes in, and he's like, "Yo, Benji, closing time." And he's all sunk into his jacket, like his collars over his head. like it's it's he's been sitting there for a long time. Uh, I don't know. It's it's really well drawn, and he's like, yeah. "Okay, I'm ready to go." And he. The other thing I like about this is I don't know that I've ever seen the thing dressed up in plain clothes. He's got his flight jacket on. He's got really long. Uh, khaki pants on some gigantic shoes he's wearing a tie
1: i think this is a yancey street thing whenever he goes into yancey street he wears either a large trench coat with clothes underneath it or just plain clothes but i think i think he has a, a history of going back to yancey street they usually they usually torment him
0: so he throws some money on the table and he's heading outside and the bartender the waitress the owner they're like okay here it comes we're all doomed, and they, they're holding everything down, and as soon as he leaves the bar, they're all like,
1: whew. I don't know if I've ever seen this done where it's three different people thinking three different things in one word balloon. It's kind of neat.
0: It's Yeah, it's, I like it. And we also find out here the thing's been drinking all evening. He's not even tipsy. He wants to get blind, stinking, polluted, and he can't. So that must be something to do with his his thing power being a rock man. Uh,
1: yeah he's a rock man i don't know rock men don't get drunk <laughs> obviously
0: and so just his luck as he's walking home there's a oil truck that crashed and started on fire and it's on top of a car that has a baby in it
1: my baby we can't get your kid no one can says the police officer pulling him her away from the scene And, of course, the thing goes right in, uh, burning all his clothes up. He picks up the whole uh, truck liner, throws it into the Yancey River or the East River and um, pulls the the car apart to get to the child. Somehow he wet his jacket. Not sure when he did that.
0: (laughs) Soaked my jacket in the water before I got here because I was bored. That should give her extra layer of protection. Wish I had some for myself. Starting to feel like an overdone steak. All right, you know he
1: he saw the fire from below, so maybe he he wet his jacket because he saw the fire. Sure, and it just happened that he was able to use it to rescue a baby.
0: So he he walks out of the flames with the baby, and everyone's like, "What's something's coming? Not something, Bert. The thing. I don't believe it." Everybody's happy that the baby's saved and the mom's like you saved her, thank you, mister with all my heart and she gives him a big kiss. Cop's like bravest blam fool stone I ever saw. And, uh, the thing holds the
1: kid and he's like I'm just happy that your kid's smiling and you got a light in your eyes. It's it's more than enough. I'm a modest fellow.
0: So, uh, Miss, uh, Kitty and Franklin got like four pages. Mr. Fantastic got like four pages. Thing got like five pages here. And we're going to go on to the torch who gets a page and a half.
1: <laughs> nobody cares about the
0: torch. Nobody cares about the torch. I guess nobody cares about Sue. She, she, she just gets buried into Reed's story. Yeah. That's, that's a shame. It is a total shame. But, anyways, uh, Torch—he's flying as close as he can to some pier pillars without touching them or singeing them because he is really distressed about he lost control. He he fired at Storm without thinking, thus burning her arm, and he's he's he's, he's torn up about it. It's really taken I it hard. Still
1: hear Storm scream when I. When my flame blast hit her, it was an accident. Never meant her harm, but it happened just the same. I only got a glance before I was KO'd, but it looked like I burned her pretty bad. How do I make up for that? Any other time, I turned to Reed, but Reed kind of sold us all down the river. Um, h- How is it possible that he's never burned anyone before?
0: <laughs> I find that impossible to believe. <laughs> Maybe what he should be saying is unintentionally or like a good guy.
1: Yeah, I I, I guess.
0: Has, I guess, as the human, t- uh, I mean, a lot of one of the purveying things in, in at least the X Men or the mutant universe is losing control of your powers during like a bad dream or other things that happen to your life. Is that just not a thing that's ever happened to the torch?
1: I, I haven't read enough Fantastic Four to know that.
0: Okay. Well, anyways, he flies to Alicia's house and she is hot, man. She's got a little nighty. <laughs> <laughs> little little tank top, little shorts, and he. You know, good news for Johnny because he flies in. He didn't wear any clothes. He just he's just naked.
1: Well, you know he's only got the one outfit that doesn't burn up. So
0: true. So he he comes and then they talk and they embrace and they. I'm sure they do it. Uh, but before that, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Oh, Reed did this to me, and b- before I was this, I was a p- punk kid playing with hot rods. But now people know me and respect me, and I love this life. I'm really happy to be the torch. But I can't tell the others that. They still yeah. consider me the callous, uncaring, smart-aleck kid. This will confirm it for sure. So he's, he's torn up because he loves being the torch.
1: Yeah, which, he's guilty. Which, meh. <laughs> well, that's why he only gets a page and a half.
0: <laughs> right, it seems kind of shallow to me. Well, he is shallow.
1: I mean, that's sort of the point. Okay. Fair enough. But, but she, 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 uh, uh, Alicia consoles him. You're facing up to your mistakes and trying to deal with the consequences. You're growing up. You believe, uh, whatever you believe, mister, you're no kid. You're the man I love
0: back at sounds like he's
1: still a kid to me.
0: Yeah. Kind of. And he's like, she's she's got this kind of warm loving smile and he's she's caressing her hair and hand on his back and he's just kind of got this i don't know like punk kid expression on his face
1: it's not a good drawing that's a good, it's a good drawing. drawing of her it's a good drawing of her and him uh except for his his one eyeball
0: his facial expression you really you yeah. don't like the eyeball if,
1: if the, just the eye was closed it would be so much better
0: yeah i guess you're right because with his eye like that and his frown it just looks like he's angry but if he closed I mean, I, I guess his he's eyes like
1: staring off into space and in the zone but yeah i just feel like if he if he closed his eyes there would be no question
0: yes i agree with that uh, anyway so so reed is he's finally put his son to sleep Franklin sleeping and he's kind of talking out loud talking about the wonders of the universe and the miracles that he's seen. And then he's, then he goes on to the miracle of life, two cells merging and a human being created. And that human is you,
1: which reminds me of Watchmen. And I have to wonder what came first, this or Watchmen.
0: Ooh, I bet you, I think Watchmen came before this, but okay, I don't
1: know. I know, sure. I know Watchmen is happening this, this year uh, that we're reading these latest X-Men's, but I'm not sure what issues are out or whatever.
0: Sue materializes and offers Reed a cup of coffee. Says, looks like you could use this. How long was she here? Did she see? She's smiling at me. (laughs) And then they talk. They talk for a while. And Sue's like, the author of that diary couldn't have related to Franklin the way you did. He was a man who used people who saw them as tools. He would have responded analytically. You saw a human need and answered as a human being. The man who wrote that diary, whoever he was, isn't you. So because
1: you're a good dad, I believe in you.
0: Well, it's either one of two things. Uh, It's either somebody else wrote it and planted it there, and we've all forgotten, or maybe Reed was that calculating, analytical person who did plan all of this, but has grown, and now he is a man who cares about people. Either way, whoever wrote that, whether it was Reed or somebody else, that's not who Reed is today. Yes. Yeah. I like it. Good statement. Meanwhile, back in Latveria, uh, Dr. Doom is bragging. I'm a genius! Oh, wait. I'm a genius. I am improving (laughs) on Richard's concept. As only Doom can. Psylocke, what's the child's status? Ooh,
2: physical deterioration continuing as expected, but my telepathic powers are helping maintain her psychic cohesion.
0: Uh... Yeah. Keep, keeping her and mind and back. personality intact, but I cannot do so much, which is a neat idea, I guess. Well,
1: it's important that Psylocke is the only thing. At this point, Psylocke is the only thing keeping Kitty from completely fading away, and in, which will be very important next issue.
0: And in true like Marvel Universe style, Dr. Doom just has these giant levers and pulleys and cables that he's getting ready to throw. This is, I, I like this panel a lot. I mean, it's Heck, so yeah. it's so ridiculous, but it's <laughs> to me like this is Doctor Doom, and I don't know much Doctor Doom. The only Doctor Doom I know is the Doctor Doom in the pages of the X Men.
1: Eh, that's Doctor Doom is a pretty consistent character, so nice. Do you do you know what Doctor Doom is now? Have you t- tuned in to the latest issues of uh, Marvel Doom?
0: <laughs> uh, I'm gonna guess that he's Spider Man now. You're close. He's Iron Man. Okay, sure. <laughs> the present marvel universe makes zero sense to me so <laughs> i don't that was a good guess though yeah well i mean wasn't dr octopus spider-man
1: yeah so logically right. dr doom isn't gonna be spider-man well, if just had dr uh, octopus be spider-man I, I
0: thought i thought the new marvel universe thing was that everybody gets a chance to be spider-man <laughs> do you know who wolverine is these days he's spider-man Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> if <laughs> Spider-Man had claws and had a healing factor, now which Wolverine? Oh, uh, hmm, because there's old man Logan and didn't like regular Wolverine return somehow.
1: I uh not yet. I think it's happening soon. Okay. Um, but also uh X-23 is now Wolverine. Yeah, but not Logan. Well, no, she's Wolverine.
0: Yeah, oh, okay. The
1: the superhero.
0: That's I okay, that's fine. I don't Hey care.
2: everybody, I'm Wolverine. <laughs>
0: Anyways, back at the Baxter Building kitchen, Um, Reed is like, maybe I should, maybe I, maybe I'm, I should probably help. I've done some (laughs) checks. I've done some tests. Everything's indicated no fault. You know, I just can't trust myself.
1: Right. If, if I'm, I'm so certain about this, just as I was so certain about the fact that we were going to all get cosmic powers flooded into us. And that uh, that that lingering doubt is just causing me to uh, fail, essentially. Yeah. And- but the rest of the Fantastic Four shows up, and they're all like, "Hey, we're a family. You know, you're kind of a jerk and stuff, but we forgive you."
0: Everybody's happy. Uh, Franklin walks in. Oh, do you know who the new Wolverine is? It's Franklin. Oh, of course. <laughs> he walks in, and he's like, "Daddy, mommy, daddy, look who came home!" and thing is like yo, Susie, what you gotta eat in this dump anyhow? I'm starved.
1: Actually, Franklin's the new Spider-Man. Oh,
0: do you know who the new Franklin is? Professor X. <laughs> yeah, and then and then uh, everybody's together in a little panel there, and everybody's happy, and it's the end of the issue. And I got to be honest, like there was no fighting really, was very little action, lot of story, but it was yeah. it was really good. I I yeah. like this issue a lot. In fact, I mean, if did John Bogdanova do a run of Fantastic 4?
1: Um I believe he came off of some other Marvel book. Uh, I th- I want to say Power Pack, but Maybe. uh it, there's a little thing in the back of this where I saw it. yeah, it was Power Pack.
0: I would read uh a Fantastic 4 run by John Bogdanova. I I think or Bogdanov. I don't know. I think I'm adding the A because his name is spelled B o g d a n o v e, so Bogdanov maybe.
1: Bogdanovia.
0: Here's the other thing that that always Bogdanovia that always threw me. You said that these books came out in eighty seven. Yes. So the next cover is signed by Bogdanov, but at the end it says eighty six.
1: Well, I think let's see,
0: let's get the exact here.
1: Um, okay. The on sale date for this issue was like January of eighty seven. Yeah. So we probably drew it in eighty six.
0: Did we ever talk about why there was an on-sale date and a cover date? Oh, wasn't the cover date like when they had to pull them off or something?
1: Yeah, I think we did talk about that. Um, but I, I always—it's—it's it's one of those facts that no matter how many times I hear it, I always forget it.
0: Yeah. Okay. It's always weird.
1: It's just a thing. The 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 the, the cover date is always later than the actual on-sale date. True. <laughs> As far as I've been collecting comics, it's been that way.
0: So, yeah, the next issue, number four, is a great cover. It's a red background, not green, as I said. Yeah, uh, which
1: is disappointing. They had these, like, three different colors, and now they just repeat red. Blah.
0: This cover is just... Uh well <laughs> equally misleading but it's excellent yeah, this,
1: this, this is the most misleading <laughs> of the bunch
0: i mean i gotta be honest if i see this on a rack i'm like oh my god i'm and i would be so disappointed if i bought this for cover alone but basically you got children Doc- of the corn versus dr doom <laughs> that's kind of what's happening here you got dr doom on the ground uh, cowering from franklin who's Full color, holding his hand out. His eyes are all whited out, heavy shadowing above and below his eyes. I mean, he looks like zombie Franklin, who's just got the power to destroy Dr. Doom. And behind him, you've got essentially a zombie Fantastic Four and Wolverine. I think they think they're floating. They're definitely floating. Like he's, like, like Frank- the thing is being lifted up. Franklin has just killed the Fantastic Four. And he's <laughs> levitating, because it's the same power signature around Franklin is signaturing around the Fantastic Four, those black bubbles. So he has killed the Fantastic Four, because, probably because of something Doctor Doom did. And now he's so mad at Doctor Doom, that he's about to kill Doctor Doom. But for some reason in the background, you got Wolverine, Storm, and Magneto up on pikes with, uh, I don't big big... Uh, things through their chests spikes yeah, big spikes
1: we saw these uh spikes in issue one um within the first few pages as part of franklin's dream if you'll recall
0: so i i see this cover and i'm like whoa buckle up everybody we're gonna be on a roller coaster of just craziness and yeah we, it's,
1: it's very misleading <laughs> and we
0: not it's a great cover but don't get me wrong i love the cover a lot but it's it says a lot more than the actual issue does.
1: In the Marvel box, you got The Thing, Psylocke, Longshot, and the full body of Sue Storm turning invisible. Weird. That's kind of weird. Um, we op- I guess these, these have all been kind of different.
0: Uh, open it up. Okay. We got the, the same uh, same creative staff, except we don't have a consulting editor or whatever we had last time. We got a full page spread of ghostly naked kitty who's singing. Well, this, one's, uh, this one's titled A Matter of Faith god have faith 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 <laughs> she's she's singing george michael <laughs> i am 14 going on 15 old as i'm gonna get apologies to you mr hammerstein for playing with your words what's the tune adam
1: um i don't know it, i i want to i want to sing and say, say it goes i am 14 going on 15 but i don't know i just made that up so
0: no i know who roger hammerstein is he's yeah well no it's rogers and hammerstein right those were two oh. dudes weren't they oh
1: apparently i don't know anything <laughs> i take it all back
0: uh that's all i know right so so you you could be right it could be roger hammerstein but i'm pretty <laughs> sure there's a dude named rogers and a dude named hammerstein
1: yeah i think you're right i i i clearly uh have no idea what i'm talking about and i i take everything back my ex-cred is gone
0: <laughs> you suck <laughs> Who is this is this this is uh, Miss Marvel? Yes, this is Miss Marvel when she was fifteen. That time she died, <laughs> <laughs> and she gives us a little biography about herself. She's a mutant. What her names are, and that she's gonna die. And most fifteen year olds don't think about that sort of stuff.
1: You know who would play? Who should, they they there's been talks that they're gonna do a Kitty Pride movie.
0: Ooh ooh, Ellen Page.
1: No. <laughs> Because she's already played her twice, and she's fine, and she's great. But you know who would be ooh, ooh, ooh.
0: really good? Lindsay Lohan.
1: Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bobby Millie Brown. Um, I think that's her name. Millie Bobby Brown. I got it wrong. Millie Bobby Brown, the girl from Stranger Things.
0: Are you just saying that because she's a talented actress who was in a kid thing? Maybe. <laughs> um,
1: she is a talented actress, and she does kind of look like Kitty Pride and she's young and um she looks just like her in these panels
0: i would go and see that movie for sure
1: well you would go see it if it was miley cyrus
0: oh is that are you saying something about me adam
1: i'm saying that you would go see the movie if it was a dude
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty funny the guy from mr robot as
1: as kitty pride
0: (laughs) yes um I heard Call that me <laughs> I heard that they were thinking about making a Shadow Cat movie and that's I guess you're right. I, I would probably go to the but I wouldn't be in a rush. you would be like, eh, is it five dollars yet? Nah. But <laughs> but they throw in Millie Bobby Brown and I'm probably there on day one, like, Oh my god, that's the Stranger Things kid, and she was really good in that.
1: Brian Michael Bendis is attached to it somehow, but
0: did you know that I don't I don't know. Have you ever heard Millie Bobby Brown speak? She got like um, a thick English accent.
1: Yeah, I saw Stranger Things.
0: She doesn't talk in a thick English accent in Stranger Things. But I've heard her speak. She just kinda of has like a weird accent, which is cool because it's like she's been uh separated from society, so she doesn't know how to talk. Like she wouldn't have like a normal accent. Yeah, but she speaks.
1: She, I mean, she, she doesn't does. she she doesn't speak for maybe eighty percent of the first season, but
0: true. True. Anyhow, yes, um, she's in her tube and she wants out. <laughs> she doesn't like it in here anymore. Remember, remember, we pointed out last issue that Psylocke was the thin line between her and her psychic cohesion. But Psylocke's not around, so apparently, apparently, she's okay for now.
1: Yeah, she's Psylocke's taking a lunch break.
0: She's pounding um, on the walls. She's, she's which, which
1: makes why is she pounding on the walls? She walked through the thing in the last issue
0: it's a great question um i always imagine when
1: she walked through the tube she even comments she says something like along the lines of like why didn't i just do this earlier i can totally walk through this tube
0: that's exactly what she said earlier i always assumed that it was like the tube was keeping her alive but nowhere has that been established in this comic at all yeah so anyways yeah uh lockheed can't hear her lockheed's looking very sad and uh then franklin shows up
1: And they do a really good job of describing his, uh, I guess, blinking into the room. Imagine looking through a rainy window with water sluicing down the glass. There's an image on the other side, rippled at first beyond recognition. Then the storm subsides, the glass clears, the figure, the figure gradually comes into focus. That's how Franklin Richards makes his appearance. It's a good description. I can totally picture that.
0: That's Chris Claremont stretching his verbal wizardry. He's uh, he's very good at those, uh,
1: those movie-esque things, I guess. Yeah. Descriptions. Movie-esque descriptions. Uh, descriptions that give you a very uh, good visual.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He's he's had nine or so years to work on this craft. It's
1: about time. <laughs> Jeez.
0: And Lockheed is like he doesn't he doesn't care. He's on he's on high alert. He's huffing and puffing and snorting and breathing a little bit of flame. And Franklin's like, oh, don't you remember me? Oh, in a change
1: of pace. Kitty is narrating this issue.
0: Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. Uh, and Lockheed licks Franklin's astral projection.
1: Yeah, I was like, like "What?"
0: <laughs> to which Franklin's like, "Ick, dragon germs." But that doesn't make any sense.
1: Hey, you know those psycho projections are
0: sometimes they're solid,
1: sometimes they're not.
0: They they're they're what they need to be. I understand. It's not that big of a deal. Lockheed makes a f- little. laugh which i just imagine being from like a uh uh, no a um, Hanna barbera cartoon
1: (laughs) so it's like a dino
0: (laughs) yes yes with a with a little bit of vocalization but but mostly like dino yeah totally and uh yeah franklin's like get away from me i'm just here to visit kitty and uh he's like oh i would have been here sooner but my dream self only works when I was asleep. I was uh, so excited to see I couldn't fall asleep. My dad's going to come and save you. And uh, Lockheed says, yeah, yeah. And they talk for a little while. Well, they try to think, can't talk because Kitty's thinking. Uh, yes,
1: Kitty can't communicate with anybody. She can just think and nobody uh, except for Psylocke can hear her thoughts.
0: And uh, Franklin keeps talking that uh, he said, well, there's a bad par-. he He tells her about the dream that he had about the book and about the X-Men and and how everybody was dead. And he's like, well, the book part came true and I'm scared about the rest. And then Kitty starts to cry. So then Franklin tries to do his best to do the saggy baggy elephant with his fingers, but he can't do it because he doesn't have stretch fingers. i fingers to play the parts just
2: like my dad
1: did.
0: I talk too much and always say the wrong thing. That's why my super name's Tattletail.
1: Yeah, that's his power pack name.
0: Yeah. So on the airplane we have uh, we don't have the Fantastic Four though we got the Fantastic Five because She-Hulk for no reason whatsoever is tagging along.
1: This is the Fantastic Four's hyperspace plane, um, and she does give a reason. She says, "I was here when the caper started, so I want to be here when it finishes." <laughs>
0: Understood. But from a storytelling perspective, like, she offers nothing to this issue. Or this story, frankly.
1: I think Chris Claremont just wants She-Hulk to be in the issue. Or maybe John Bogdanovich wants to draw it. Or wants to draw She-Hulk.
0: Yeah. I don't know. A lot of thinking. Sue's thinking about Doctor Doom and Reed's rivalry. Franklin uh, probably doing an astral projection right now when he's sleeping. I think this is, isn't this a double-sized issue, too? Is it? I think it's longer than the other issues. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, it
1: seems like it's kind of, kind of... Still only $1.50, though.
0: Yeah. Uh, Thing comes back to talk to Invisible Woman, because Reed wanted to be by himself, so they... She
1: provides him a very comfy, invisible chair.
0: He takes a piece of scrap metal and for some reason makes a little smiley face character, but he never really talks about it. He just does it and points at it. It's weird. (laughs) weird. I mean, it's fine. I'd probably do the same thing. Like I'm just chit chatting, fidgeting around with some metal.
1: Well, he's, he's like rebuilding something in the plane.
0: Well, he said Um, he was going to come fix the chair, but he takes like the metal or a crowbar. It's a crowbar he takes and he squishes it into like a happy face. Yeah. It's, It's weird. It's, unnecessary and i'm not complaining it's just like what a, what a weird thing to have happen during this conversation that has really no payoff because while they're having the conversation it's going wrench grunch, bend scrunch scrunch poke and if somebody was doing that while i was having a conversation i'd be like look we can continue this conversation when you're done playing with that metal but right now i, do, I can't hear a single thing you're saying
1: i like this drawing of the thing though he looks really cute with his tiny eyes and yeah, his he, big smile as he points at the smiley face, and it has exactly. He's like, "I
0: made this," but
1: his dialogue is like, "Well, they're talking about how uh, Mister Fantastic doesn't have any faith in himself, and having faith is super important. But whatever happens, the Fantastic Four will have his back, and they'll figure it out."
0: She Hulk wants to know what's going on with Torch. Torch is still thinking about burning storm and uh torch is like you know just remember something my buddy spider-man told me once it's a dollar 50 for that taco <laughs> oh no no with great power comes great responsibility i think i understand what that really means now
1: <laughs> 300 issues into the fantastic four and i finally figured it out
0: yeah and then they go on they have a they, they do a, a origin of sorts of the fantastic four and dr doom including the rivalry they were always uh, Reed was always confident in his in his abilities. Doctor Doom was always uh, trying to keep pace, and then they'd get into arguments about complex mathematical equations. and I don't they're, know if you know anything about. They're just re- rehashing the origin, right?
1: They're they're both equally smart. Uh, Doctor Doom, of course, thinks he's smarter because that's just the way he thinks he's smarter than everybody. And uh, so, if you don't know. The origin of Dr. Doom, he did some sort of – oh, and there's a, there's a weird panel where he's, like, doing magic because Dr. Doom also does magic, by the way. I know that. Um, So he was doing some sort of science project and Reed Richards found a flaw and Dr. Doom was like, there's no flaw. And it, it ended up blowing up in Doom's face, literally causing him to have a uh, damaged face, which is why he wears a mask and hates Reed Richards.
0: Is it true that Dr. Doom just has a tiny little scratch on his face, but his pride makes him think he's horribly disfigured and grotesque?
1: I don't know. That's a good story, though. Oh, okay. Did you just make that up? Or no, no, no. Is I've, that...
0: I've heard that description as to why Dr. Doom wears the mask in the past, but I've not actually seen that in the pages of any comic book. Just somebody else <laughs> said it, and I was like, oh, that's an interesting idea. So, no, I did not come up with that um reed is up in the front of the plane with his uh diary and he doesn't remember reading it writing what's written in there but he doesn't not remember writing it so he's like maybe i did i don't know
1: well he thinks maybe it's it is possible because like so much of this does ring true that oh. it's possible that Other parts of this could also be true.
0: I just don't remember. Subconsciously, maybe it all was true. Right. Uh, That's when Franklin shows up and he's like, I've been to see Kitty or Shadowcat, Daddy. I told you're coming. You're going to save her. And I know you will. I got to go. Bye. (laughs) Franklin,
1: wait, says an overdramatic Mr. Fantastic. You don't understand. I don't
2: know anymore if I can. You're putting an awful large weight on talking to your child
0: we get the X-Men at the castle doing some more training, which is very uninteresting, except for the fact that uh, when they're trying to blast some of Longshot's knives out of the air, uh, Havok uses all of or uses his wide Havok beam to knock them out of the air. But Dazzler does a pointed little shot and is able to do a ricochet shot to knock them all peacefully out of the air. And then they have a little panel where Havok's like "Ooh, you!" and she's like "Yep." I'm good. You're not. I, I want to
1: say that Chris Claremont is building some sort of romantic relationship between the two, but why would he do that?
0: <laughs> I don't know because ah, uh, hmm, maybe because on the next page I think there there's a thing that that could be the payoff for that, but that's that's as far as yeah. it goes. Yeah, yeah,
1: I, and that's that's part that's part of the main reason, actually, why I was thinking that.
0: So you think that this is maybe just a little bit of playful flirting? I don't I, know. I, I don't know.
1: I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe the idea is uh, Fantastic Four. People are not familiar with the X-Men, and Chris Cullerman can play around with some of these things.
0: Maybe. Wolverine throws a knife at Longshot, uh, and Longshot's falling out of the tree, but... Instead of Wolverine getting to finish the training, Rogue flies out and flies him away uh, so that she can. And she's like, "This is stupid, we'll be A waste of our time. I don't want to play anymore." Which is Staying weird. A game, girl. It's training. What is she wearing? Why is she wearing like a lightning bolt shirt? Is this her new costume for X Men versus Fantastic Four? For issue
1: four, yeah. <laughs> this was the one she bought in town. That lightning bolt shirt is perfect for me.
0: Yeah, and uh, Wolverine's like, "This ain't training, and this ain't a game. It's training." And that's when um, uh, Longshot lands on the ground. And he's like, "I landed on this fantastic soft ground." Dazzler says, snow, sweetheart. havox like, sweetheart? Yeah. Then he goes on to say, a special kind of frozen water, blah, 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 blah. So that maybe that's the payoff you're talking about where he's like, Wait, I thought there was well, something going on between us.
1: Exactly. That's why
0: I thought there was some sort of romance brewing when he's all like, sweetheart. But meanwhile, his girlfriend supposedly is back in New Mexico waiting for him. Which is why
1: I can't imagine that Chris Claremont would actually do that.
0: Right very weird
1: and why isn't havoc like hey we should really go pick up polaris i haven't heard from
0: her in a while (laughs) you know while we wait for kitty to get healed by dr doom one of you or two of you want to take the plane go pick up uh lorna anybody no okay uh storm or i mean rogue is uh not a great house guest i'm assuming that this castle well maybe it's abandoned i don't know but she kicks it over i mean again she's she's on Dr. Doom's property, in Dr. Doom's country. There's a nice-looking castle here that she just kicks down for some reason.
1: I think it's just a wall. I mean, I don't think she kicks down the whole castle. Okay,
0: fine. She kicks over a brick wall. It's going to be a pain in the ass to put back.
1: Maybe it's old and abandoned.
0: It looks really nice in this panel where a like, starts talking about sweethearts. I don't, I don't think that's what she kicks. I think she
1: kicks an a, a, another wall that's nearby. <laughs> fine because <laughs> because if you look behind havoc and dazzler there there's another building back
0: there true well the whole point is she's tired of waiting why are we are waiting so long
2: you swore you'd save shadow cat doom so quit stalling and do it
0: so back at the castle turret franklin's still trying to tell the story of the saggy baggy elephant or he's finishing or something and they keep thinking to each other, and uh, they all of a sudden hear oh. each other say...
1: Yeah, Franklin Franklin is talking out loud, and Kitty is thinking in response, but Franklin can't hear him until they both simultaneously say, if I had a brother-slash-sister, Franklin-slash-Kitty, I'd want him-slash-her to be like you-slash-hey!
0: I heard that! Your words, thoughts in my head! Psylocke walks in, and she's like, my doing... I cyberged your thoughts so you could have a proper conversation. I hope you don't mind. And that's when Dr. Doom grabs her by the shoulders. And Franklin immediately hides
1: again. As can the child. Is the child well, Psylocke? As can be expected, Dr. Doom. My own powers
2: are still maintaining the coherence
1: of Kitty's consciousness as the life cell is her physical being. So uh, I guess the life cell does do something.
0: So maybe last issue she wasn't as decohesive as she is now.
1: Okay, so that makes sense. So she left last issue she left the life cell and she started uh de decohering or, or uh fading and like dissolving. Losing cohesity. So this this tube keeps her from doing that.
0: And Psylocke has been for, like, the last day using her psychic powers to keep uh, mental cohesion. Right. Yes. So, Dr. Doom says, all right, let's do it. Let's do this thing. And then, Mm. I don't know, this is why I think this is a double-sized issue, because there's a lot of, like, unnecessary stuff happening. Like Finally, Magneto's like, I have been here for four issues. I'm going to do something. (laughs) Look, that way was Auschwitz, and that way was Russia, and everybody died, so I'm going to use my (laughs) magnetic powers to destroy one of Dr. Doom's robots, which...
1: He he does give some of his backstory, which, if you're not reading classic X-Men, is totally new to you. True,
0: true. We get to hear about his wife uh, and his daughter, which we've all talked about.
1: And how he, he wasn't powerful enough to save his, uh, I think his, his daughter, right? His daughter, yeah. yep. And his daughter died in a burning building.
0: Everybody saw him and stared at him and they knew what he was or didn't know what he was or whatever. Anyways, he he destroys a robot and... That's when Dr. Doom makes a giant... Oh, actually, he turns the robot into a statue of Magda and Anya. And that's when Dr. Doom sends a giant hologram and says, Magneto, what's the matter with you?
1: Don't you realize that I sent you out here far away from my castle because your magnetism is frickin' annoying?
0: Uh, something I will forget in a few pages, but for now, you're not supposed to be anywhere near me because your magneto powers are ruining my machines.
1: Another such outburst, fool, will have catast- catastrophic consequences, which I might be exaggerating about. <laughs> Maybe.
0: Maybe, I don't know. So he disappears. Uh, Storm's like we all wear scars my friends and all make mistakes but the past is done what matters is what we do today and, and wish to be tomorrow
1: The fantastic forecraft flies overhead and rather than letting it go on its merry way Magneto stops it in its
0: tracks They're and, heading uh, straight for Doom's castle but they won't reach it Storm, Storm
1: says uh, didn't you just remember what Dr. Doom said?
0: Yeah. Don't <laughs> use your magneto powers. Your, your powers are dangerous to shadow cat. You dummy. Plus it's the fantastic four. I mean, yes, you got off to a rocky start, but it's not like they're going to fly in and hurt kitty. Yeah. It's just <laughs> stupid. It's just kind of <laughs> stupid with shadow cats. Life at stake uh i prefer not to take any chances so i will do the thing dr doom told me not to and stop this plane in its tracks uh and uh i'll destroy it dr doom's like what what is that magneto doing my things are disrupted again
2: the computer's magnetic bubble memory fields are disrupting the coherency projector is losing focus (laughs)
0: Magneto is allowing himself to be used as Richard's cat's paw. Put an end to the Fantastic Four's interference, X-Men, before it's too late. Go now. Don't argue. So the X-Men fly out, and Kitty's just like, Ugh, "You're a jerk, Doctor Doom." <laughs> so noble,
2: so so noble, so supportive. I'm on to you, Buster. It's all an act. You don't care about anybody except
0: yourself. So the Fantastic Four get off the plane, and like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, misunderstanding. Like we're here to help. Sorry. Hey, your arm. Your arm's better. That's fantastic. That's great. We're the Fantastic Four. <laughs> like let's let's set aside our differences and let's let's save uh, Shadowcat. But Rogue and Wolverine did not get the memo because they come charging in.
1: Well, Magneto's like, "You had your chance." And Storm's like, or uh, Sue Storm rather, is says, "Is pride worth more than a child's life?" Come on, people. It's freaking Reed Richards. Let him help.
0: Right. So Rogue throws Wolverine into the thing, knocking him down. Storm grabs Human Torch and throws him into the snow. He's KO'd, I guess. He calls her a mutie,
1: and she's like, Don't call, it, call, uh, call us muties again, and I guarantee you'll never do anything again.
0: And Reed Richards is like, Wolverine, if you've hurt the thing... Thing gets up. is like, oh, come on. That was a little love tap. Uh, and then you get a kind of a cute panel of the thing next to Wolverine. And then the thing bonking Wolverine over the head with his fist. And Wolverine's out well, for that's the
1: count. And uh, Reed Richards points out, because Chris Claremont had to just write this in, Wolverine was still two days from your initial impact to act as quickly as he did when we last fought. His adamantium claws could probably cut even your skin, in case people wanted to know. I I don't know why that's there.
0: No, it doesn't seem like it's necessary. That's when Havok, finally wearing his Havok uniform, zooms in. I guess he was wearing his Havok uniform earlier, too. But he zooms in on a Jeep with Dazzler and Longshot. But
1: was Dazzler wearing a Lila Cheney? bandana
0: no but she was wearing a lila chenay bandana <laughs> <laughs> they zoom in and she hulk's like not on my watch and she picks up a rock and is about to throw it at the jeep when somebody blows it up and we learn that rogue absorbed the thing's powers and now she's the
1: torch the torch's powers
0: no, oh, what did I say? Oh yeah, I meant
1: to, yeah, that's what I meant. The torch. So, so she Rogue is flying in as the Human Torch, and Sue realizes, oh, that's not my brother. So she puts a little invisible force field around her, which cuts off all of her fire. And we have like Rogue naked in a little bubble rolling around. Uh, it's kind of funny because the her her word balloon is upside down. She's like, Uh-oh. <laughs> and, uh oh. And so Sue Storm throws Rogue into the jeep, which destroys the jeep. The X Men, of course, leap out.
0: Oh my. She was kind of caught in a fetal position, which is I don't know, it's just kind of funny. Where she's just kind of it's, its its very funny. Hunched together in this little ball, and she's naked and helpless, and she, there's nothing she can do. And yeah, it's, it's very funny. And she crashes into the jeep. The uh, Havoc, Dazzler, and Longshot go bailing out, and that's when She Hulk goes up to Storms like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat you up." You lost your powers. Pit, and I'm yeah, gonna pity you, you lost
1: up. your weather powers, Storm. But then we get a panel of, of lightning happening behind Storm.
0: Remember, you Which had is, asked if that was a thing that was a reoccurring thing. It
1: It is. I'm just waiting for it to stop reoccurring because it's <laughs>
0: never going to go anywhere. It, it kind of goes somewhere, I guess. I don't know. It's just a thing that happens. Okay. And she's like, and she hulks like, oh, as she sees all the lightning and the thunder and even storms eyes go white it's weird yeah Um, this this is a little too in in your face whereas most of the other references have been more or less subtle but um,
1: Magneto is going to destroy the fantastic plane um, by smashing it into the ground I guess and everybody's like, hey, our kid's in there. Stop it. You madman, you
0: haven't changed a whit from the days when your soldiers desire who is to rule the world. Oh, wait, that's Reed Richards. I so was a Reed fool. Reed Richards with a feminine voice <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> I was a fool to believe you had reformed. And that's when Franklin's like, mommy, daddy. And he's riding Lockheed. And he's like, you adults are stupid. Kitty's phasing <laughs> away. Don't you want to help? Don't any of you care? And it takes the voice of a child. This dumb rumpus is making her fizz faster. And so the X Men and the Fantastic Four stop fighting. Magneto
1: lowers his head and lowers the plane very calmly. He looks so sad.
0: <laughs> and uh, oh,
1: I'm so dumb.
0: Psylocke is now struggling to keep um, psychic cohesion together. Of Kitty, Doom sees all of them approaching, and I'm
2: more Shadow than Cat now. <laughs>
0: And he's like, Reed, he shouldn't be here. But what's he carrying? What is that? I'll use my optic scanner to better see the... <gasps> a diary held like a talisman. As a drowning man might grasp his life belt wonderful. A most unexpected but delightful surprise. Whatever else occurs here, the night, my old friend, or tonight, my old friend, you are doomed.
1: You are doomed. Do you think he thinks in robot voice?
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So Kitty uh, is no longer no longer has a body. She's basically a head and smoke.
0: Right, and so Doctor Doom's gloating a little bit, like, "Oh, how sad, how sad, and shameful that a child must remind you of your hero." responsibilities. is Doom the only adult present who is cognizant of what's truly at stake here? And so he starts flipping his machines and stuff, and uh, Reed Richards kind of looks on, looking at the displays, and he's like, oh, well, Doom's actually he has got this. It's actually pretty well, good. It,
1: it, Doom also kind of says, if I can't do it now, it's Reed Richards'
0: fault. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he also says, fortunately, Magneto's incursive magnetic fields appear to have had little lasting effect on the core compute, computer matrices. Uh,
1: yeah, he'll change his mind in a couple of pages. Right, right.
0: And so Reed is just thinking to himself, like, does uh, the fact that he is so correct and so right here, does that make me jealous? Am I so petty? Stop thinking about yourself, Richard. Shadow Cat is the one in need. Give her your full concentration. Uh, help. Uh, but then he's like, and wait a minute. Stop the presses.
1: Uh, he sees a glitch in the Matrix or something. <laughs> sure. Uh, and he tells Dr. Doom to shut down the integration process, which... He does anyway. And that's uh, Dr. Doom says, well, now it's officially your fault (laughs) when this all goes wrong. And Reed Richards says, stop posturing. There's been a mistake.
0: Impossible. uh,
1: That's when Franklin jumps in and he's like, Miss Shady Kitty's awful sick. Can't you and Mr. Doom wait till later to do more yelling? And you, Mr. Doom, does it matter if my pa helps so long as Kitty gets saved? I mean, isn't that more important than being boss or proving how smart you are?
0: And he does his best doe-eyed face to Dr. Doom, whose heart grows two sizes bigger. In one
1: panel, and then in the next panel, he does like a wave of his hands of them.
0: Well, I think it's like he's he doesn't want to admit that the child is right, and he's just like, bah, I, just explain yourself, Richard. It's like, we're not going to fight right now, but I'm going to give you a chance, but I'm still going to make it seem like it's your fault.
1: So the uh, the scientific babble is that... <laughs> Psycho babble, you mean? Yeah, the, uh, the reintegration process needs to be happening slower than faster, and they're doing it too fast, and um, Reed is going to prove it by looking at the monitors, but now... The monitors aren't making any sense at all. Once they since they stopped it, and that's when Doctor Doom says, "Ah, eh, it must have been Magneto."
0: Well, Doctor Reed Richards also says that he is going to perform all of the calculations in his head at real time speed. So they're not going to use the computer. It's just going to be Reed Richards.
1: Well, I can't use the computers anymore. And uh, Doctor Doom's like perform all the calculations in your head instantly with no margin for error. Impossible. <laughs> Not even Doom's incomparable mentality is capable of such a feat.
0: Psylocke would like them to just do it soon because she's losing her.
1: And then we get two full pages of Reed Richards thinking to himself, uh, "Can I do it? I don't know if I can do it. Uh, <laughs> I should." I mean, it's actually it's actually really well done. Um. It is. He's, it is. He's,
0: he's doubting himself. He's going back to the cosmic rays and blah blah blah. And then yeah.
1: and uh, Doctor Doom is is uh, taunting him a little bit. He's like, "Have uh, Psylocke read your innermost thoughts? That should settle all doubts, but do so quickly, or an innocent life will be forfeit." And reads like, "But Doctor Doom knows that if Psylocke reads my mind, Kitty will die. What, what the heck is his deal, man?"
0: it's like uh it's a uh uh what's that thing uh never mind <laughs> it's a catch-22 okay <laughs> what's that thing that captain kirk beat that nobody else could a kobayashi oh, the Ku- maru
1: the kobayashi maru <laughs>
0: but not really um it's 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 kind of like i wish the odds were or not the odds but the scenario was a little bit more lose-lose because here it's obvious right like well, you can't read my mind because you got to keep Kitty alive, and it would be super selfish of me to have you read my mind because Kitty would die. And I'm Reed Richards. Well, that's, not, that's, that's the whole point. I know it's that, the whole point, but that's not a thing Reed Richards would do. Well, so, Doctor
1: Doom doesn't know that because Doctor Doom thinks everybody's a a a, a lameo,
0: <laughs> right? So, and I like this panel on page twenty-eight of Kitty. Kitty is like her; she's just distorting, like her face is like all. Crazy looking, her mouth is all wide, her eyes are wide open, and uh, Psylocke's in pain. She's like, "For pity's sake, there's no more time."
1: Rogue's jumps in and is, "Let me absorb his psyche. I'll, I'll let me absorb his psyche. I'll save the kid." And Storm says, "No, we shall ask for help only if it is if it if it is asks, or we shall help only if asked. That decision and its consequences must remain Richards alone. I I don't know why, but okay."
0: <laughs> Reed comes up and is like, suppose Psylocke learns the truth, but lies to me for Shadowcat's sake. How can I believe her? So now he's now he's got a triple guess. Like she she could find out the truth and I won't like it, or she could find out the truth and lie to me, or she could. There's keep a, kitty alive. I mean,
1: <laughs> there's a thing between Wolverine and Storm where they're talking about how uh, Reed Richards needs to validate for himself, uh, otherwise he'll never have faith in himself. You just fine and all good, but. Kitty's life is still at stake. I mean, they shouldn't be like, "Who cares about Reed Richards' faith?" Right. This is not important. Save Kitty.
0: <laughs> you deal with your consequences later. Yeah, it's it's many pages of anguish and Doctor Doom kind of smirking and smiling, and that's when Sue figures it all out. She's like, "Ah." Oh. Who would want revenge on Reed and plant that in a diary? It Who is was acting super <laughs> smug right now. <laughs> it's Doctor Doom, of course, he put it there, but I have no proof. I can't say anything and it wouldn't help Reed anyways. Uh,
1: yeah, cuz Reed's got to has got to figure this out for himself and in the next two panels he he turns from a sweaty, uh, frowny face to a, a calm, con- contemplative, contemplative face and then um and then he, he opens his eyes and he smiles, and the next hours, thankfully, are all a big blur. Next thing I know, or
2: next thing I know, it's night, and I can hear the sound of laughter. See flashes of light through windows thrown off by Dazzler, who all about is dancing up a storm. Wish I was there. Heck, I'm glad to still be here. Why push my luck? I'm alive! Far
0: out! Yeah, and we find out that it's going to take a little while for everything to re-solidify. It took a while to get here. It's going to take a while to get fixed, but but she's on the mend, and Dr. Doom has thrown a feast for everybody.
1: I hope you enjoy my food. It's robot food.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Fantastic Four are uh, uneasy about this, and Sue approaches. She's like, you know, my son had a prophetic dream, a sort of harboring dream binger of this whole adventure
1: fascinating <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah there's a lot of uh reed richards makes up with magneto apologizing saying can't judge a book by its cover dr doom and sue continue to talk and that's when sue confronts him and says you made that book you put that doubt into reed because you thought that it would destroy us and that would be the victory but today mister you lost because reed fought back he-
1: i'm enjoying caviar <laughs>
0: Yes. Apparently his mask opens up to allow him to eat with his mask on.
1: You're denying yourself a rare treat. Mm, this caviar is delicious.
0: It's Latvary caviar. The X-Men are prepared to help Sue in a battle, um, but that's when she just uh, she smiles at, at Doom and she's like,
1: uh, A lioness is most dangerous defending mate and cub and den, but there's no need to speak of challenges or proof because this match is over. And we won.
0: She drops the mic and she walks away from Dr. Doom. The Fantastic Five are sitting on the couch with Franklin in tow. Um, He's sleeping. His dream body is off hanging out with Kitty. Kitty and him can now talk, I guess. Uh, I guess maybe... Her her vocal things are working now, and she says, "I'll be out of his tube someday, Franklin. Maybe then we can hold hands for real." I'd like that. Maybe if it's okay, I could visit you from time to time. You know, uh, this way when I'm asleep. I'd like that too.
1: Our nightmares over. Our dream has just begun. They do a waltz because
0: apparently waltzes are Kitty's favorites. So when Kitty's like, "You're gonna marry my old friend Rachel when you're older." <laughs> what? <laughs> and that's the end of the story uh so uh i would actually say that of the mini series that we've read so far i've liked this which, one the best which are long I shot remember we've okay, read okay. we read long shot we read nightcrawler oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh we read wolverine and so that that's probably a lot of people are like what you're taking this over wolverine I don't know if I can get behind
1: that. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. Kitty Pride versus Wolverine, we also read. I can I can take this over that. Um definitely better than Beauty and the Beast Oof. and the Iceman. <laughs> Oof.
0: Yeah, those are those are slogs.
1: Um Probably better than Secret Wars and Secret Wars 2.
0: We read a lot of uh, Scarlet Witch and the Thing, or I mean, and the Vision, Vision and the Scarlet Witch. Um, I'm sure there's other mini series that we've uh, read, um, but I, I like this one. I, I like this one a lot. This one, to me, is the most memorable, and and maybe it's because uh, it, it's the nostalgia factor of this. is These are the, the, well, at least those two issues are the ones that I had uh, when I was in my comic book collecting um, Most Influential, and I... Never read Kitty Pride versus Wolver or Kitty Pride and Wolverine or the Wolverine miniseries until I was an adult.
1: You know what the best one has been, actually? What? Uh X Men versus the Micronauts. I
0: completely disagree. <laughs> and I think you're joking. Wasn't there I also totally, X, X- Men and uh Alpha Flight?
1: Yeah, yeah, that was a two
0: parter, though. Yeah, it was boring. So I I think it's um I will say that the fighting between Fantastic Four and X Men uh, was dumb, <laughs> uh, and I I,
1: it, it, I I thought the only interesting part about it was that in the first time they fight, the X Men clearly are better, and in the second time they fight, the Fantastic Four clearly are have the upper hand. So it, it was nice that they they didn't uh, you know they didn't answer that stupid question like right. who's better.
0: Right. Well, sometimes.
1: That's just- one of them is better. Sometimes the other one's that's better. That's
0: what Stanley always said. Yeah, if you ever have them fight, you got to make it a draw so that you can you can argue on the schoolyard who is better because there's no clear right. winner. Um, I think it's it's the stories outside of the fighting, kind of the uh, the 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 mental, you know, the the, the not the mental, but the uh, the psychological stuff that's happening with Kitty, the psychological stuff that's driving a wedge between the Fantastic Four, and really, there's there's no meat. Uh, in this book for the X Men, this is this is really a Fantastic Four story.
1: It essentially is, yeah.
0: And and maybe that's that's why I like it. Uh, I don't know, because I'd never seen a like most times in a mini series, you just take the elements of those characters and just make them do that, but you don't add like additional story elements. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. There you go. I like this one.
1: Well. Next one we're going to do is uh, X Men versus the Avengers, um, and that is not written by Chris Claremont, so that'll be interesting to see how it compares to this one.
0: Oh God, Wolverine's going to be terribly characterized. I just know it.
1: it it's quite possible. <laughs> I haven't I haven't read ahead, so
0: I've never read any of the X Men uh, Avengers stories. So, uh, all right. Well, then, uh, until next time, my name is Jeremy. And my name is Adam, and the Danger Room is closed.